Hey there folks and welcome back to the Coffee Shop Best Bits Podcast. This is the Best Bits Podcast and mine and my good friend Dan's radio show, The Coffee Shop with Harry and Dan, that we present on Friday evenings, 7 till 10pm GMT on 382 Radio. This week we speak to the fantastic Danny Mech about his journey through music. We talk about some weird estate agent listings recently and generally a lot of pizza. We always seem to come back to pizza from this show. So listen through. If you want to head up to our social media throughout the podcast, we are at Coffee Shop Records underscore on Instagram, at Coffee Shop Rec, that's R-E-C on Twitter, at Coffee Shop Records on Facebook, Coffee Shop Records on LinkedIn, and on www.coffeeshoprecords.co.uk. Enjoy the show. And we're joined today by Danny Mac. How are you, Danny? I'm fine, mate. How are you? I'm great, thanks. So let's kick straight into it. How long have you been making music? Um, well, I've been making music since I was probably about um, 16. But um, I kind of stopped about five years ago and only recently about a month and a half I started making music again. So it's kind of on and off. And what was it that first inspired you to get into music? Um, here in Nirvana, I, I guess, smells like teen spirit, the way the guitars crunched. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I loved it. And, um, it, yeah, it just made me, made me want to learn how to play guitar and kind of, you know, um, like progress along it. And then I kind of went into like bands in like Rancid and, uh, Operation Ivy and, um, I just kind of went from there, man. So you mentioned you learned to play guitar. Do you play any other instruments, or are you just a guitar person? Um, well, I, I've got a bass, and I've got a MIDI controller, you know, for, like, production and stuff. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't even call myself a guitarist. <laughs> I'd call myself a guitar player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because um, uh, I haven't played re- until recently... Like I can't, I can only remember the blue scale. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so um, I, I think uh, when I get a new new electric, I'm gonna start um, brushing up on my scales. I think. Oh, that sounds nice. Got any? You got your eyes on, or would you be something um, spare at the moment? It's a Les Paul Epitone. You know, Very just nice something choice. cheap, man. I, I I can't really afford anything <laughs> extravagant. I, I know the feeling. So. Talk about your creative process behind writing a song. You you have a lot out there. What sort of goes through your head when you're trying to write one? Um, well, basically, I try to um, produce a drum beat, and if I can't produce one, I'll just grab a sample and um, map out some drums. Then I'll um, kind of play a couple of guitar parts and see which one works the best. And then I'll build the track from there. Then I'll add the bass. And kind of lyrics is like the last thing I do. Um, I kind of just produce an instrumental. And then I kind of write lyrics over the top of it, if I can. Um, I I find that my verses are weaker than my choruses. Because, I don't know, I find that I can write a chorus a lot quicker and a lot easier and fluently than compared to when I'm writing verses which annoys me. And you've sent in quite a lot of music to us. 
You mentioned a project called Harwell Hooligans before. How did that come about? Oh, right. Well, um, me and the other guy in the Hooligans, um, we grew up, well, he moved to my street when he was 17, but moved away with uni, and now he lives down in um, Worthing, I think. And so um, when I started making, like, the hardcore punk tracks and told him that I got a bass, but I was limited to what I could play, he said that he'd play some. So I was Mm. like, yeah, that's really cool, man. And, um, yeah, and it's been great because uh, it means I don't have to dictate melodies or anything like that. I can just sit back and, like, the bassist will pick the melodies or or the chords and then I'll just play whatever over the top. (laughs) It means... um, it means my work's a bit less, but unfortunately he doesn't really know a lot about production. So like, um, I have to produce them, which makes them kind of, I don't know. I, I don't think that they're as good as they could be because I tend to rush stuff. I tend to, um, think, oh, I need to get this out now. I need to get this out now when really I should take more time over my music and, um, think about it a little bit more. Yeah. And would you say working with a second person almost changes your creative process? Or would you say it's a very similar process as you would writing for a solo song? Um, yeah, we, well, obviously, we'd have to do the beginning part with the drums. Uh, what I have to do is um, I pick out the, the chorus drums, the verse and the middle eight. Um, I'll send them to Liam then Liam will um, play a nice little bass lick over the top of them, send them back, and then, um, yeah, it goes from there. So what would you say your future goals for music are? What's coming up that you're really excited for? Well, um, I'm going to be working with working on some more Harwell Hooligans tracks with Liam. Um, we've got a couple on the go at the moment. And... Um, they're a bit more pop punky uh, mm. than straight up punk or ska that we were doing. So we're trying to we're trying to do the musical kung fu with the Harwell hooligans. So we're, uh, as many genres of punk as we can. Yeah. You know, we don't limit ourselves to one subgenre of punk rock. We kind of look at it as like one whole thing, and it's like we can take sections off of all of it. Yeah. So what would you say your favourite music to create is? Would you say that's your solo projects or would you say that's more the Harwell Hooligan type stuff? I prefer the Harwell Hooligan stuff. It's a lot more fun. Like, um, it's a a bit easier as well because uh, at the moment, the way we're doing it, as I said, it's like I get Liam to play his little bass first. It's not his little bass. I didn't mean it like that, but I meant I mean his little bass part. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and uh, yeah, he kind of it kind of takes the pressure off me to keep coming up with fresh power chords and fresh progressions and stuff like this. So like, and and Liam's really great at doing wandering bass lines. So. Yeah. It can sound a bit more like Rancid if I wanted it to, or if we wanted it to, which is really cool. Well, finally, my co-host Dan couldn't make it to this, so his one input for this interview, he wants to ask you, what do you think is the best biscuit? (laughs) 
ginger nut, mate. Oh, a classic there. Yeah, definitely a ginger nut. Yeah. Well, it's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you, Danny. You've seen the Elon Musk interview, haven't you? You know, the one that people ask him, uh, have Have you ever been said uh, no to? He's like, no, not really. Well, I mean, if he had that much money, why would you? Yeah, no, it was... It was, just, it was just like the, apparently the way it came about. I don't know if I'm saying if I'm saying this right, but it was just in like a board meeting. And he turns around and just goes flamethrowers. You, you can imagine him sort of saying that, can't you? <laughs> just spinning round in his office chair with a white cat and just going flamethrowers. Yeah, he was just falling asleep halfway through and he wakes up from a dream. Flamethrowers. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly. It's definitely come from a, a weird... He was awarded the, uh, the uh, Best Person Award or something, wasn't he, recently? I don't know. He's he... like the best human, even though, even though there's a lot of theory saying he's not. Is that an award he paid for himself? No, I don't think it is. I haven't properly looked into it. I was going to say... Have this... you seen Cristiano Ronaldo did that with a footballing award? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. He, didn't, he, he made his own award because he didn't win one. Uh, no, I don't think it was he made his own reward. He just bought out the board. <laughs> what like? Like he just bought. Like he just bought. He was like the majority sponsor. Or like you know how FA Cups like Emirates and stuff like yeah. that. It was just Christy. It was like CR seven. <laughs> well, it's certainly one way to guarantee you're going to win something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, SpaceX, the space company, uh, founded by Elon Musk, attempting to get civilians into space like you would on your you know you stand the 737 heading to spain for a week's holiday for 69 pounds off easyjet you know you, your standard thing well someone signed up for it a billionaire called jared isaacman he's paying for the first civilian flight to space uh, he's using the trip with the aim to raise $200 million for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Tennessee. Um, Mr. Eisman, he's made his fortune in technology and fighter jets. Imagine a VR fighter jet. That, that's what springs to mind when someone says technology and fighter jets. Just VR and a fighter jet. I mean, there are games that you can do that with now. Yeah, but imagine they got it the wrong way around. They were just trying to fly a fighter jet through VR. <laughs> You've already in the air. You've just got another. You've just got a telly strapped to your face. <laughs> the the very first one is just a forty inch plasma strapped to your face with some swimming goggles on. Just gaffer tape. <laughs> not not gorilla glue though. That's a completely different story. I mean, you could use gorilla tape as well. Is it gorilla tape that they have? Yeah, but did you hear about the story about some woman that put gorilla glue in her hair? No, well, I've, you, I've probably seen it. Have you not? There was some woman in the news this week. She put, I can't remember why, probably for a TikTok, that seems to be what all these mistakes are. She put Gorilla Glue in her hair, and she's had to fly like halfway across the US to get it removed. <laughs> right. It's so strong that, like, you couldn't physically remove it. <laughs> we do seem to always get back to pizza somehow. I've got, I've got one in the freezer. I might do it later. I had one yesterday. Actually, no, I did have half of it. Did half of it? Half of it this morning. Well, was it you that's telling me about someone you know that's trying to cook to a pizza really weirdly? 
Was it uh, Ben? Yeah my, yeah, my flatmate in a, in a... I have two stories about, about uh, like, oven-cooked pizzas you can get from, like, uh, normal supermarkets. Oh, go on. One, one is my flatmate got a frozen pizza from Sainsbury's or Tesco or whatever and just cut it, cut the frozen pizza in half and then cooked half of it. Yeah, certainly a weird... I don't get why you wouldn't just cook the whole thing, then, like, wrap up half of it. Yeah, I, I don't know. And then, and then I've got... I was at a party. I must have been 60. No, maybe not. Probably not 60. Like, 15, I'll, maybe. I'll, I'll presume you weren't drinking alcohol, though, Dan. No, I wasn't. Just, just... I genuinely wasn't, to be fair, I think. Oh. <laughs> uh, and this girl, uh, like, they were doing, like, food or something to bang out on the table. It was getting late. And she tried cutting it with a butter knife. <laughs> well, aren't those sort of knives to give you in spoons when you order a pizza? That, you, just, you, you, yeah. don't, you don't get a pizza cutter in spoons, you get a knife. Yeah, but you can you can ask someone to like, cut it, send it back and cut it for you as well. <laughs> I can just imagine some someone panicking and saying to the wait, it would be Ben. Ben would be the sort of person that would struggle talking to the waitress. I bet he's listening as well. And I bet he'll send a message immediately after this. You'd say to the waitress, oh, can, can you cut my pizza? When he meant to say, can... Just, just, just after they broke their ice cream machine as well. <laughs> yeah, you mean send it back to the kitchen to get it cut, but accidentally asked the waitress to cut it. Yeah. And just cut it. his food. For... <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want some dinosaur nuggets and chips? <laughs> sat, they... next to it, sat next to him in an eye chair doing the aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> Do they, do they do a kid's menu at Spoons? <laughs> you know, chicken nuggets, chips, half pint of Fosters. <laughs> or, you know, it, is it more... No, of a... the kid's menu is just their mocktails. <laughs> is it more of a small pizza and a black corn and carling? <laughs> You know, oh, keeping everyone. <laughs> they they just do shots of shots of dark fruits instead of instead of fruit shoots. <laughs> and the fourth one will be a business owner that uses uh, Isaacman's credit card processing company. Uh, the missions. What you just gonna say, a business owner that just holds Isaacman's business cards? <laughs> just a, a massive business time, card so holder. <laughs> it will... In case he runs into someone up there and they need and they need a business card. <laughs> well, it's that's um, that's your job for next week. We'll talk about that next week. You'll be business card holder. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, right. the fourth member of the team will be a business owner that uses his processing company. Missions dubbed Inspiration Four. Uh, there are three businessmen already. Um outside of SpaceX that are paying £40 million each to fly to the International Space Station. That's about as close to civilian space flight as you've had before. Uh, difference with that, they're flying with Dragon as well for SpaceX, um, but they're flying as passengers with NASA. NASA. They're, they're, fly, they're flying with NASA after month. I'm, I'm a Chris Eubank. The, flying, the, <laughs> the, only thing that the, the only thing that defeated him was the letter X. <laughs> Massachusetts representative uh, Jack Patrick Lewis 
who is a lifelong dino nerd. He has travelled to many dig sites and brags about seeing every Jurassic Park movie on the opening night. So it definitely sounds like something you do, Dan. Possibly the star. I've never seen it. I've, I think I've only ever seen one film opening night. Was it Star Wars? It was Star Wars. It was Star I thought it would be Star Wars. W- were you wearing your Chewbacca costume? No, I wasn't. Oh, w- was it your Yoda one instead? <laughs> no, I w- wasn't. Were you wearing a dressing gown and saying you came dressed as Yoda just because you couldn't be bothered to get dressed out of bed? No, I wasn't. I wore p- proper human clothes. A dressing gown is human clothes? They're saying only dogs oh. are allowed to wear dressing gowns. Or cats. Or your fish. But your fish can't remember it's wearing a dressing gown. <laughs> Probably if you put because if you put it in a dressing gown, it'll die. You don't know how small the dressing gowns could be. <laughs> they could be the perfect size for a fish. You could have a very big fish. Where are we going with this, Harry? You know, forget snakes on a plane, sharks in a dressing gown. Oddly enough, Dan, that's not the strangest listing that's out at the minute. Because for only £150,000 more, you can buy a 56-foot room, two-floor, 33,000-square-foot house. The slight downside is a former nuclear bunker. <laughs> you love a project, though, don't you? Oh, I do love a project, me. So, it was built in 1952 as part of the Rotor program, which was for large air defence radar systems to detect possible bomb threats. Uh, it's located in Kingsbridge, Devon. It's in need of a bit of renovation. Uh, all the walls are rather plain and stark. Um, so a bit, bit of inspiration might be needed. Um, a lot can be done with it. There's four acres of land to go with it. So you've got plenty of space to go around. Personally, I think you could have two big indoor football pitches and several more outdoor football pitches on the land. And we'll just put a shed up somewhere you can put a bed in it. I think perfect <laughs> business opportunity. But yeah, fifty-six. I mean, I mean, I mean, at the at the rate that not that a few people have been going outside, it's probably ideal at that point. <laughs> yeah, it, this a bit, to be fair, fifty-six bedrooms. If you and say twenty other friends wanted to buy that, uh, it, it's on auction, so it will likely go for more than four hundred grand. But it's a start guide price of around four hundred grand. If you've got a good chunk of friends together, um, say, I don't know, say 25, that'd only be 16 grand, well, for two rooms each. It's not like you'd have a lack of space. Yeah, there's pretty, it seems pretty decent. And one thing, could you put a window in? <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> probably would need some windows. There, there aren't any windows by the looks of it. My big question with it, though, is, What makes a nuclear bunker a former nuclear bunker? Been retired? But surely surely it still work as a bunker. Yeah, I think I think in the way that it's saying former it means like the government don't own it anymore or the military don't own it anymore. But they were privately owned nuclear bunkers. So why isn't this a nuclear bunker? 
does it literally just expire after a short period? Does it have a little little stick on the bottom that you can't? All, all the do? lead, all the lead that is lined in's gone on strike. <laughs> it's got gone back to Yorkshire in the sixties. The miners aren't on strike anymore. It's the lead itself. <laughs> yeah. Something's happening this weekend, isn't there, Harry? Is there? Have I forgot? Oh, it's Valentine's Day, isn't it? Yeah. Is this? Am I, am I allowed to tell this story? I know where we're going with this. Yeah, you're allowed. I think you're allowed at least. <laughs> <laughs> I've got half the permission, so actually, no, two thirds <laughs> of position. 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 Oh, it's I'm, not like that kind of Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going well at all tonight, so far. I'm, 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 I'll, be, I'll be stuttering like anything at the minute. I've got, two, <laughs> I've got two thirds of the permission. So that to me is a majority. So if you know. Uh, on the coffee shop records, uh, Dan released a single uh, early this year called Gold. It was out on January the 8th. It was originally supposed to come out last year, uh, but there were some issues. To uh, say the least. Yeah. And it was it was a bit delayed. Um, so, for Christmas, like every year me and Dan will get each other birthday and Christmas presents. Uh, never arrive on birthday or Christmas. I think we've. <laughs> yeah, I, think I we've... was waiting till October one year. My birthday's in July. Yeah, I, I think we've only. So ever... that's so that was very late or a really early one. So I'm guessing very late, <laughs> knowing us too. Yeah, I think we've only had ever had about one present that's been on time, and that was your birthday this year, but only because I'd seen you. Yeah, and that, and that's a weird thing, knowing that <laughs> considering the year that was 2020. Oh yeah. Yeah, that is. <laughs> was and some very dodgy pizzas. Yeah, they were weird, weren't they? I thought mine was fine. Well, I say mine. I had fish and chips. My fish and chips were fine. Well, that, uh... that pizza was raw. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, you, we ordered it from a fish and chip shop that does pizzas for some reason. Yeah, you always have that. You always have takeaways that try and do more than one thing. But you, there's always the one thing that's really good, and the rest is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird that, but so for Dan's Christmas present in February because it it arrived this month, not not my fault. I ordered it as soon as I possibly could. Just a bit of delayed shipping. I started wondering whether I'd actually been scammed for saying those no contact addresses whatsoever um, on the website. I ordered Dan a a small plaque. Of a little display plaque, uh, sort of A4 size. Had the album art on, his name, the song, and it had a almost QR code esque scannable item that would bring up the Spotify uh, play of the song. Um, what I didn't know when I ordered that was a certain someone had also planned to order that. <laughs> uh, that that certain someone was Dan's girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had... she was not happy when when I sent her when I rang her, being like, "Have you ordered me this thing?" Yeah, I I had inadvertently um, ordered Dan his Valentine's Day present. <laughs> I mean, cheers, but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did, did you go to her first? Because I, I know uh, you, I know you messaged me quite quickly after you got it. Yeah, it it she. We were talking about like Valentine's Day presents like the week before, and then we brought them up like 
the day like it, it arrived in the morning we were talking about it like the night the night before it arrived so i was like oh did she like order some off amazon i was like it didn't come in amazon packaging and it came in like it was just someone scribbled my address on like essentially an a4 letter yeah high, high quality packaging clearly uh yeah so like she I, I brought it up being like oh these look cool they'd probably be a cool thing for valentine's day if you're not thinking if she doesn't know what to get me so it's like whatever and then and then it showed up at my door like two weeks later and I was like, oh, maybe she got it. And it just came because I'm presuming they're all custom made. They don't just have prints of every single song that's on Spotify. Oh, yeah. They've, they've got a good 5,000 so prints of yours made. <laughs> what? I, I got, an e- got an email immediately after. Oh, thank God. I've not been able to ship any of these yet. <laughs> no, so I'm presuming they're all custom made. So I'm presuming they take like a month or something to like, I, I think it's screen print or just print on or something like that. Yeah, it's probably something like that. So, so I was like, oh, maybe, but I was like, that came relatively quickly. So I don't, I, I wasn't, wasn't, didn't think. And then my mum goes, did Harry get it you? And I was like, I don't think so. And then I remembered a few months, a few months back, like the other, like sometime in January, we brought up Christmas and how we, well, I was skint around there being a student. Yeah. Yeah. So always your mum, your mum's always one to remember me. I mean, I was going to text you be like, look what I've just got. I don't know who it's from. <laughs> I, I was really thinking you'd put it on a story somewhere and just say, who got me this? I was thinking about it, but I was like, I don't... Because my brain went, did did Ruby get it me? Then I was like, then she said no. And I was like, did my mum get it me? I was like, no, she'd have made a big song <laughs> and dance about it when it first came through. So I was like, who who would have bought it me and not told me? Who also knows my address? Yeah, that's and me. it was like, and it whittled. I whittled it down to two, and I was like, "Well, Ben's not going to get it, me." Ben probably doesn't know your address. That as well. It's that sort of thing that you know people's addresses, but you don't know their addresses. I've I've started finding that. I know where people live, but I don't have a clue what their addresses. Yeah, I, I I don't know yours. Yeah, like I know exactly where. You, if someone told me to drive to your house, I could easily do it. Yeah, I could drive to yours if I could well, drive. No, you, you couldn't drive to mine. You could get someone to drive to mine. Yeah, no, but it's like it's, it's obviously like figuring like the like if I if I had to put it in like Google Maps or something, I'd I'd be I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I knew your road name. To be fair, I've I've managed to learn that somehow. But your your postcode and house number, I didn't have a clue. I remember the end of my postcode because it's the same as like a music production technique what? epq eq oh eq what what's epq i feel like that's something significant uh there's a type of eq but that might be shorthand for but i i don't think so yeah it's probably insignificant if i remember it most yeah my memory seems to work as if it's useless it gets front of the show if you actually need it, uh, you've got a 50-50 chance of it getting to the back. <laughs> if it's we'll useless, fi- it's filed away somewhere. If if I actually, if it's relevant, I just won't remember it. Yeah, we'll, we'll file it within 10 to 15 working days. <laughs> yeah. Excluding Mondays to Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. And that's it for this week's show, folks. Thank you so much for listening to the entire podcast. And if you listen to the radio show as well, thank you so much. 
We'd love to hear from you. Again, you can tweet us on Twitter at Coffee Shop Rec. That's R-E-C. DM us on Instagram or Facebook. On Instagram, we're at Coffee Shop Records underscore. Coffee Shop Records on Facebook. And on LinkedIn, we are Coffee Shop Records. You can also head to our website, www.coffeeshoprecords.co.uk. And remember, if you have the time, you can listen to us live Fridays, 7 till 10 p.m. GMT over on 382radio.online. Look forward to hearing from you next week, and goodbye. (laughs) 